the getting into flipping houses with no money goes back to the mindset. If you build your resources, you build your knowledge correctly, you don't ever spend a dime. We control, I think it's over over $5 million worth of real estate right now without a, a, a penny of, from our own pocket. You understand? Like we don't put our money into any of our deals. We don't need to. We've built so much reputation, so much credibility, so much, you know, relationships with our money lenders that we can borrow money. We can do so many creative things and none of it comes from our, I mean, we came from being broke. All right. In debt. Like we had no option. I didn't come from a W2 job or had savings or an investment account. I mean, I dropped out of high school. You know, I grew up in construction. Like I, I had no savings. I had nothing. Yet now we can make million dollar deals and it doesn't come out of my pocket. You understand? Because I invested in that knowledge. So that's how you can actually leverage your connections, your network, your, your people, everybody you're coming across to start flipping houses with no money. So the question is always the same. How do I get into real estate investing if I have no money? How do I find deals? How do I negotiate deals? How do I find contractors and manage rehabs? How do I get the money to even buy these houses, to hold these houses? How does a rental work? How do you manage a rental? How do you manage tenants? How do you borrow money? How do you borrow money with almost no interest? How are all these things done and how are they done the right way? Well, I am John Barbera, and this is an investor's journey where we share with you how to invest in real estate the right way and how to get into it with no money, how to do this with real tactics that are working today in the market that we're in right now with things that we are personally doing. So welcome to the show. The next thing, like I said before, you want to build your systems. So what systems do you need to build? Well, first, you need to build your marketing funnels, right? What does this mean? Is that you got to come up with a way that you're going to determine what list you're going to be marketing to. You know, what's that avenue that you're going to be getting leads from? Whatever that is. It could be online. It could be cold calling. It could be direct mail, whatever it is. But you got to figure out. It's like, hey, when we need the source, we need to figure out who we're going to be targeting how, who are we going to be, you know, going after so we can get some leads in. You got to put a process together for that. That might mean that I sit down and I start brainstorming ideas. What's working. Maybe that means like what I personally do is I network a lot. So I'm networking with wholesalers. I'm networking with other people. Where'd you get that deal? Where'd you get this deal? Where'd you get that? Where'd you do this? What, what's your result with this? I'm networking. So I'm trying to see what's, what's happening in the market. What's working. What's not working. And then based on all that is when I start compiling my data and I'm like, okay, so this, this is working. So let me focus on this list and let me focus on this avenue of marketing. And that way I can just plug it into my system and it goes. So that's your marketing. And then how does that marketing funnel play out? So are you, let's say in my regards, right? We do SMS and cold calls primarily. It works very well for us. So, okay, well, an SMS, we get interested. What's the next step from that? Who gets notified? You know, what, what are we doing? How are we setting up appointment? How are we following up? When do you follow up? How many times do you follow up? What happens after that many times? If you didn't follow, you know, if you followed up and you still haven't gotten anything, what do you do then? What's the next course of action? Do you 
put them back into the cycle? Do you hit them from a different angle? What happens then? So you got to think through that whole funnel, that whole funnel, like just every little step. How do I get to this next level? Right? So how do I get from here to here, 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 like who's getting control of that? What is their jobs? What is their responsibilities? Think through the funnels all the way up until who's going to see the property. Do we need to see the property? If not, how do I verify the conditions? Everything. Think through the whole process. How do you sell it? How are you finding your buyers? Do you do what other, what very shitty wholesalers do and just blast it out and, you know, the first retarded buy it gets it? Or do you do what a smart wholesaler does and has a network of buyers that they know, they build relationships with, and they're going to say, if I get a deal in this area that meets this criteria, I'm calling John for that deal because I know that John will close every time. Or I'm calling, you know, Ashley for that deal because she always comes through. So that's the right way. Going back to mindset, you want to control your buyer's list that way. But still, figure that out. What does all of that look documented, laid out on a flow chart? That's what helps me. I have a whiteboard. I lay it out on a flow chart and then I go tweaking. All right. You, because even if you say, look, John, I don't have a system. Okay. Neither did I. But yet what I did is I started, I came up with a very basic system, right? I think it had like six boxes from then right now. My system looks like 57 boxes. I think last time I counted, right? Because I started seeing, oh shit, you know, actually here, instead of going here, there's like two more steps before we go there. So, but I'm documenting, I'm tweaking, I'm expanding that system is what's going to allow you to scale it. All right. And going back to the mistake that we made, we never, we went from wholesaling and then we jumped right over to flipping and we just left the wholesaling side. We left the lead gen side. And then it got to a point where now we needed to implement lead gen again. And we're starting from zero where I could have had this system built out already. And we would have never had to start from zero. We'd probably be a lot further along in our business if I would have never stopped that. Generating leads is the number one job of any real estate investor. You need leads. Another area from going from wholesaling houses to flipping houses is your team. You need to hire a team. Hire a team, okay? Don't be cheap and say, you know, oh, I'm going to get commission only and all this because the reason with that, the problem with that is it becomes very uh, difficult to keep them. It becomes very difficult to train them. I want you to think systematically. So once you build out your marketing system and everything, you're going to actually see that a lot of it could most likely be handled by a virtual assistant. You can get VAs from the Philippines from all over. You're paying them four or $5 an hour and they are able to more than do the job that you need. Managing your marketing, managing your funnels, updating your CRM, tagging the right people, notifying the right people. Some of them are even great at making some calls. They may not be great negotiators because they don't have the, you know, the, the, the mannerisms and everything that we use in the States. So sometimes there, <laughs> there's a lot of things that they just don't read between the lines. Like they're, you know, I've had sellers, I'm listening to the call that they're being just dicks to, uh, to my VA and my VA is like, 
Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, that's great. That's great to know. Okay. And I'm like, no, no, he's blowing you off. <laughs> you know, he's telling you pretty much to go F yourself. Uh, but they don't, they don't catch that. So that being said, it doesn't mean that they're not good for about 80% of it. So again, you got to think systems. So it's like, okay, maybe they're not great for 100% of this, but if they're good for 80, 70%, great. That's a large percentage right there. Maybe that's the percentage that they take off your hands and you focus on the remainder. You focus on those harder ones, you know, and maybe they can knock out all the easy ones. That's what we do. So you find through your system, where is this whole system? Can I plug somebody in right here? Can I plug somebody in right there? And then next thing you know, you're going to realize that you don't need you know, these massive uh, knowledge-based people that they can handle the whole thing. You actually need a few well-placed strategic people. And then all of a sudden, a lot of that becomes automated for you. So you got to think about when you're thinking about hiring, you got to think about, you got to bring them in-house. They got to work for you. So then that way you can see their time, control everything, make sure they're not being sidetracked by other things. And then think about your system. Who are you plugging into each area of your business? And then you got to worry about creating the training system and managing these people. So again, another mistake I made is I didn't purposely schedule training sessions with all of my team. It was more of like, all right, I hire you. Hey, here's, you know, some initial instructions and kind of let me know what doesn't make sense. And we'll go addressing it as we go. That's not a good way to do it. <laughs> the better way to do it is you say, hey, every every day in the morning, we're going to do a 15-minute call. We're going to go over the system. We're going to go over everything just so it goes sinking in, right, and answer any questions. Then every afternoon before you clock out, same thing. We'll go over another 15, 20-minute call, however long is necessary, and we go over the systems. You, The reason you want to do this is, one, they become so much better at their job, and you're going to be astonished by the results you get from them. But the other thing is because that dialogue helps you understand your systems even better, you know, and then it helps you understand what tweaks do you need to make? What other hires do you need to make? Is this person even a right fit? Do I need to get rid of them? And the only way you're going to do that is by being able to be hands-on managing your team. Eventually, you'll be able to hire somebody or have one of them step up to that role and you step back. So then you just manage them. They manage everybody else. And that's kind of like how the hierarchy of businesses go, right? First it's you wearing all the hats. Then you hire somebody else. You manage them. Then you hire some, you know, they hire people and then they hire people and then they hire people. And then you're just managing one or a few people. They manage everybody else underneath them. So that's kind of what you got to think about as you're building the pyramid.